Welcome to the She Grows Podcast. Get ready for something special. This is the message from Danielle Dahls from our last She Gathering, where we celebrated our second birthday. Woo-woo! Get ready to make some mental notes because she's got a great word for us. This is a message that's been on my heart for uh, probably, I would say consistently, probably for about a year. But the more we talk about it, just in regular conversations here and there, I just know that this is such a tender spot um, that the Lord would have me, and I feel so honored to be able to share it. Tonight, we're going to talk about identity, and I know that whenever you mention identity, it could be like, that's a lot to talk about. (laughs) But what I know is that Jesus came, and he came to set us free. He came to break us from any sort of bondage. And there is a part about identity that matters to be able to speak truth to because there's so many times where we have had identity theft come in. And we are going to talk about tonight making the truth. And I want you to just know, like, this is something that is so close to the Father's heart because what you believe matters, it affects how you see yourself It affects how you see your sister beside you. It affects how you treat people beside you. And so I'm here to be able to speak from the word about what he says about our identity. When you walked in, you could have been given this name tag and it said, I am, I'll just say myself for this. I am Danielle and I am a, and we could all list about, I don't know, 30, 40 titles, right? We've got wife, we got mama, we got daughter, sister, maybe dog owner, maybe mini driver, maybe, I don't know, like an Enneagram. I'm an Enneagram nine. Uh, maybe it could be that you're an encourager, a podcaster, a wannabe singer. I know I cannot be the only one in here, <laughs> right? <laughs> So why does our identity matter? Why does it matter when we say, I am your name, and then what we are when we list the 42 other things that we carry? Our identity defines our purpose and our value. You'll want to write that down. Your identity defines your purpose and your value. So tonight we're going to discover three different sources of where your identity comes from. And when I say discover, let me just say this. I am not using words like determine or declare because there is a clear difference in discovering something. Like say for instance tonight, when you pulled into the parking lot, you discovered a parking lot, didn't you? You discovered a parking spot. Hopefully you did not like just make your own and declare this is your parking spot. Okay, no judgment if you did. I do the same thing. It's fine. But there is something true about discovering. I want to be real honest. I am discovering that I have a lot of white hair. I am not hoping for that. I am not declaring that I have white hair. And my hairdresser certainly can tell you the truth is that even this blonde is not even true. The truth is, if you get real close, you're going to discover that I've got a situation in here. It's a lot of white hair. God already created you to discover how he has you. It is not something that you have to go out and declare or determine. He already has it for you to discover. 
The enemy would love to be able to make any sort of blurry lines or to come in and to confuse anything, but we're not going to give the enemy any kind of strong or any kind of ground when it's something he can't even have. He doesn't get to have the identity that we're given because we are gods. So tonight, let's pray, and then we're going to dig in. We're going to talk about those three sources. Lord, we are just so thankful. Lord, that we are your children, that we get to come and we get to be in your presence. Lord, I don't take one moment here for granted. And to be able to be a part of your family and to be able to be up here and speak your words, I just pray, God, that the words that are coming out, that they are from the Holy Spirit and that that you do the work that only you can do, God. I thank you, God, for for the women that are going to be here. And I know... Lord, that good fruit's going to come from this. In Jesus' name, amen. All right. So I want you to write it down because, well, I'm ADD, and I'm going to want you to track, okay? That's going to help you, and that's going to help me, all right? So the first source of where our identity comes from is from the world. How many can say, yes, absolutely, it comes from the world? The world will tell you that the goal is to find happiness, correct? Correct. I smile when y'all see me driving around in my minivan. Y'all so jealous. You're like, I want to have that minivan. Like, look at that joy it brings that girl. (laughs) Nobody? Nobody likes that? (laughs) Or, okay, how about whenever you get that? For no good reason. You're on Instagram. You're just scrolling. And then out of nowhere, you see something that you didn't know you needed, but you all of a sudden you got to have it. And all you had to do was push a button. And that dopamine that gets surged to your head, that joy that comes from that purchase, I cannot be alone in that, right? I didn't think so. What about when someone sees you walking in with like maybe an expensive bag or you see these Instagrammers on and they've got like this cabinet full of Stanley cups, you know? Like, I mean, I, I like a Stanley Cup, like the, whatever, I'm learning about it, it's fine. But there is something to be said about what the world says about you. And the other day, I was taking my kids to school, and, um, you know, they've always got these attorneys on. TV, radio, it's everywhere. You're going to hear it everywhere. And this one attorney was giving, like, his sad, sad sob story about this one guy called, and he left his voicemail, and he said, I'm just a nobody, and so I need, y'all have heard it, I, I just need so. So that guy, that attorney, bless him, saint, he had a tender, spark for, a tender spot for that man, and he had to call that nobody, that attorney. What an angel. <laughs> but the truth is, I heard it, and I'm like, a nobody? Like, it's just so sad to hear someone refer to themselves as a nobody. But it's so easy for us to all be in a moment of feeling like a nobody. I know for my kids, growing up in a generation of having this amount of YouTube subscribers, um, that tells you that there's some sort of success, right? Or if they say, you've got to have this, and then all of a sudden that person says in one way, shape, or form that you aren't that way, well, then all of a sudden you begin to feel like a nobody. It's easy to define define ourselves by what we do in this world, but what happens when we get overlooked at a job or we're not selected for a dance team or we don't get the college of our choice or maybe we missed a play in a game 
or maybe our spouse passes, then what does that look like? That identity shifts. Or what about that part of where something that you experience now all of a sudden becomes past tense? Like, well, maybe I was a teacher, but I don't know who I am anymore. Or maybe I was married, but I'm no longer a wife. Or maybe I have children, but they're younger or they're growing up and they don't need me like they did. And you find yourself looking and you feel that identity start to feel a little shaky because you have taken on these other roles and they have become a great part of your life. If your footing isn't secure in what God says about you, then it can be really easy to begin to put your foot where it shouldn't. Um, over a year ago, our church, for those that don't know, I get to serve on staff here at Cultivate Church, and we were able to expand our staff. And it was such, I genuinely, one of the best things that we as a church have been able to do is to be able to bring on additional staff. But essentially what that looked like for me is that I had this role to where I was carrying and I was able to do, and I was so passionate about what I was able to do. But the truth is, it was just a lot And to be able to serve the church and do it healthy, it needed to be separated. And so I was so thankful that we were able to to talk about it and dream and like 10 years in what a blessing it is to be able to have someone come on and join and make the church better. But y'all, I'm going to be real honest. I sat in my office and I was sobbing, ugly cry, Like, like ugly cry that last day that I was the official official administrator because I no longer had that title. And it was something that I was so passionate about. And was it a good call? Absolutely. Is it a blessing to me and to our church? Absolutely. And is Brittany, beautiful Brittany that's up here, she serves our church in just like the most incredible way and makes it way, like 10 times better than what it could have ever been with just in my hands. But that identity of me not being the administrative pastor was really, really difficult. It's actually what began to shift in my head about like, oh, okay, because I thought I was really good about being secure in who I was in the Lord. But also I became really good at being Brandon Doss's wife or Isabella and Shepherd's mama or fill in the blank of whatever that looks like. And genuinely, it was a process of working out, am I with what the Lord has given me? Am I making him or the role, am I making the role or the role giver bigger? And it just was such a big red flag to me that I was clearly way more attached to that role than I was actually serving the one that gave me the role. That's why. That's why we cannot allow for the world to tell us who we are. 1 John 2.17 says, And this world is fading away along with everything that people crave. But anyone who does not please God will live forever. I'm sorry, I need to read that right. But anyone who does please God (laughs) will live forever. The world is passing away along with its desires. So don't let something that's passing away define who you are. You may not have the title of wife, pastor. Maybe your season of kids, raising kids looks a little bit different, but you are a daughter of the king and you have the audience of one. And that is the one you never have to worry about losing his gaze. 
The world can say, this is who you are, but that audience is the only one that needs to say, that's who you are. Joy is better than happiness anyways. Happiness is fleeting. It's going to come and go. But the Bible says that the joy of the Lord is our strength. So if your identity is locked in, if it's in Christ and it's locked in, you will begin to find acceptance and approval a little less from how others view you and more about how God sees you. I want you to write this down because this, this is just really good. True freedom is giving permission for others to misunderstand you. I know. That was hard for me to write, so it's going to take a second for it to, to go down. But you do not have to be your own advocate. You can allow for the Lord to stand in your place, and you just be obedient. All right, the second source of our identity, it comes from ourselves. When we look at ourselves and the goal moves towards this inward reflection, how many of us have this inward reflection, like this running dialogue that happens all the time in our head? It more, most of the time looks a little bit more of a declaration than it does like where you're discovering something. We've heard someone say, oh, she's real pretty. So what do we think? I must be pretty. Cool. Or that boy told me he loved me, so I must be lovable. Or she said, I'm a good friend, so I must be doing something right, right? But we also have the other side of the belief of where maybe it's like, well, I didn't get invited to that dinner party, so I must not be good enough. Or that guy called it quits, and so I must not be lovable. Or I failed too many times, and so I don't have value or worth. It is this weird place to be in. But it is the enemy when he is coming in and saying that. I want to remind you that Jeremiah, Jer Jeremiah says that our heart is deceitful above all things. We can easily situate ourselves like how Eve in Genesis began to think that God was holding out something good for her. And we can declare ourselves to be a better God. But I want you to remember how she was once naked and unashamed. And then she went from talking to God to being afraid and hidden. And that game of, of fighting shame back and forth, y'all, that goes from the beginning of time. Is that, what do they call it? Tell is oldest time? Yes. Not like Angela Lansbury, Beauty and the Beast. But it is true. Like we all, we all have this battle of shame that we are living in. If we are looking at ourselves and creating our own narrative, then our conditioned thoughts and our patterns of our thoughts can become a false identity. So when we might think that we're unloved, I want to tell you, this is where I'll get choked up. I feel it. <laughs> that you are loved. That you're not just, um, you're not a candidate of God's love, but you are God's love. Where you think that maybe you're unworthy, that you are made worthy because of God's great pursuit for you. There's no point in even trying to prove your worth. Your worth is because of God. And an effort for us to respond, to say we're going to do everything that we can do, just only pales in comparison because it is only a reflection of his love. Where we're weak, God sees that to be the best soil. And how many in here can, can, can say, well, thank God 
because aren't we all a little weak? Uh, I love the scripture in 2 Corinthians 12, 9. It says, my grace is all you need. My power works best in your weakness. So now you can boast about our weakness so that, your, so that the power of Christ can work through me. If you feel obsolete, God says you are unique and special. What I love so much about these shirts, it says one of a kind on it. It makes me think about how our Father sees us all as one of a kind. My children, this is some proving information here. Sorry, Isabella. <laughs> it's fine. <laughs> but they were, they both have a freckle on the, on the same spot, same size freckle on their foot. It's different feet. Nobody would know that. Like, that's such a weird bit of information to share here. It's fine. <laughs> but... <laughs> I am mama, and daddy knows that, and I think about how our heavenly father knows those little unique tendencies about ourselves. He loves, this is what I love so much, he loves that he made you witty, and he loves that he made you a little spacey, and he loves that he made you a little bit goofy and funny and awkward and weird. He, uh, he, that he created you, and I know it's so easy to get into a spot and be like, well, what? I, I mean, I can't help it. Like, this is who I am. The Lord made you that way. You're just going to have to roll with it. I'm willing to bet that we constantly have this real in our head. I know that I'm guilty of it, that I'm not good enough, or maybe that I'm not pretty enough, or I'm not smart enough, or I'm, maybe I'm, I don't need to be in this, like I don't, I'm not in this group, that sort of thought process. But he says that we are his creation. He loves you just how you are. And he loves that headstrong self that he created in you. Some of you might not know the power of a good earthly father. But let me tell you, even if you could understand it, the power of your heavenly father, knowing you, loving you, calling you his, everything that you're telling yourself that you are not, he is saying, listen to me, daughter. This is who you are. I love that he told the prophet Jeremiah in Jeremiah 1, 5. It's going to be on the screen. It says, I knew you before I formed you in your mother's womb. Before you were born, I set you apart and appointed you as prophet to the nations. God knew you and formed you, and he saw your value and your purpose. And while your name might not be prophet Jeremiah, any of those in here? I didn't think so. We can see all throughout scripture where he's weaved in and out that he makes no mistakes and he knows you by name and he is saying that you have a plan and that no one is just an afterthought to God. Your identity matters because you have value and purpose. He's given us this identity that is going to last longer than anything that we could have here on earth. And that's where our third source comes from. And it's from your father. It comes from God. John 10, verses 1 through 10, it says, I tell you the truth, anyone who sneaks over the wall into the sheepfold, rather than going through the gate, must surely be a thief and a robber. But the one who enters through the gate is a shepherd of the sheep. The gatekeeper opens the gate for him, and the sheep recognizes his voice to come to him. He calls his own sheep by name and leads them out. After he has gathered his flock, he walks ahead of them, and they follow him because they know his voice. They won't follow a stranger. They will run from him because they don't know his voice. 
Those who heard Jesus use the illustration didn't understand what he meant, so he explained it to them. He said, I tell you the truth. I am the gate, and the, sh- uh, the gate for the sheep. All who come before me were thieves and robbers, but the true sheep did not listen to them. Yes, I am the gate. Those who come through me will be saved. They will come and go freely, and they will find good pastures. The thief's purpose is to steal, to kill, and destroy. But my purpose is to give them a rich and satisfying life. That is our Father. That is our God saying, you know what? I know them by name. Our Father knows us by name. When we commit our lives to Jesus, we not only discover our identity in him, but we also get a new identity. We become children of God. And I know I've said this, but I just really like the idea of being God's princess. And I I mean, you didn't really have to sign me up for that, but the Lord just saw it and I said, okay, I'll lay down my crown, Lord, I will. But I like a crown too. (laughs) I love the idea of thinking about heaven. And we know our, our identity here on this earth, it's going to be here and it's going to be temporary. But when we think about the eternity aspect of what our identity is, it carries so much more weight than what it looks like whenever we're just here for just really a short span. In heaven, we're, not, we're, we're talking heaven, right? We will have, we all know this, completely healed, perfect whole bodies but imagine being the smartest person and then not even knowing it because maybe they didn't have an opportunity to open up a book or maybe the greatest athlete, but they never had a chance to pick up a bat or throw a ball or maybe even the greatest musician, but they've never touched an instrument. Y'all, this is gonna be heaven. Like we're gonna, we're, we will know no bounds. Time will not be any issue for us. Like this is something that we are able to dream about because we are God's daughters and we'll have an eternity with him. Because we are living under the curse, we don't get to see fully what that looks like. But our new bodies, they are not gonna be lacking. So I can tell you when we're in heaven, y'all just watch out. Sister gonna be gone. I mean, I want you name it. I won't figure it out. We're gonna do it. We're gonna have a good time with it. <laughs> Y'all remember being kids and like dreaming these dreams, and then reality sinks in and life happens. We're not gonna have that whenever we're talking about heaven. That is something that we're gonna be able to to be able to dream. I love the aspect of of ending a life walking through doors of where dreams and, and something great is just cut short on time to walking through a door that we're able to have unlimited dreams and to be able to have unlimited time with our Savior. For us who have our identity rooted in God, the end of our present day is not the end. God's original plan for humans was that we would be living happy and fulfilling lives here on earth. If the lives we are currently living are just a glimpse at what we're given, because we are in a fallen world, y'all imagine what that new world will look like. I've got this. I know y'all have had to see this, but it's such a good reminder of where we are. Just imagine like this little dot, this little purple highlighted dot is here and now, and we have an eternity of time of being the daughter of a king. So what we do now, the identity that we have now carries so much more weight because this is minimal. 
but we have the option to be able to spend an eternity with an eternal life, life with our Father. I'm going to invite the worship and the prayer team to come. Not the prayer team, sorry, Paul's the worship team to come. And while I do that, I'm going to ask for you to bow your head and close your eyes. And I just want to see, I just want you to ask the Lord to reveal any area that maybe you have misplaced your identity in. Or if you're like me and the role that you had became greater than the giver of the role. No one's perfect. We're all in need of a savior. But I pray that the Lord make your, clear, your thoughts clear. Lord, we love you. And we are so thankful, Lord, that we can walk around and we can just say that we are your daughter and it can just become something that just rolls off the tip of our tongue, but it's not something that we truly just take stock in. But when we are in a world that is telling us where our identity comes from or where we are just self-feeding and becoming our own God, that is opposite of what your word says, that we can go to your word and we can see so clearly that you do have a purpose and a value over our lives. Lord, I ask God that you forgive us for when we allow for our voices to become louder than your own. Lord, even in the good and hard, you are with us every step of the way. Lord, I pray that we know who we are in you because you made us, you made us, and you make no mistakes. You have given us all, each, every single one of us, value and purpose. And I pray that we never forget that you made it on purpose, for purpose, and that you don't make mistakes. You know us down to our freckles and that we are all one of a kind masterpieces. When the world tells us who we are and it's easy to get caught up in the laws, I pray that we're able to remember that it is that Jesus, that you are our one and only foundation that we can build our identity around. Lord, that you are the same yesterday, today, and forever. And Lord, plain and simple, when all of our titles are stripped away, when it is us completely raw in front of you, I pray, God, that we can be found confident in the foundation that is you. And that we can pray, Lord, in those moments of feeling raw and naked and ashamed, And know that it's an instant reminder that we are covered by you. For anyone in the room tonight that's listening, that needs to secure your identity in Christ, I cannot tell you how important it is. I'm going to pray specifically that you have a moment that you ask him to become Lord and Savior. And if you have been a Christian, but maybe you've not been living for God, the Holy Spirit is calling you back to be in close relationship with Him. So I want to pray a very simple prayer with you. One that I prayed and I've prayed with my family and it's a simple prayer and it goes like this. If you'll just repeat with me. Heavenly Father, thank you for sending your Son to die for me so that I can be forgiven. 
Lord Jesus, come into my heart. I believe that you died for me. I believe you rose again. And I confess you, Jesus Christ, as my Lord. Thank you, God, for giving me an identity in you. Thank you for giving me value and purpose. We know it means so much to you. It is our foundation. You are our foundation. We don't have to look to the left or to the right, but we can look to you and know that we are yours. Lord, we thank you, God, for this time, and we give you all the praise for it. In Jesus' name, amen. What a great word. If you made a decision today to follow Jesus, we would love to know about it. Saying yes is easy, but walking it out takes community, and we would love to do life with you. If this message made an impact on you, share it with a friend that would benefit as well. Until next time, keep growing.